thank you for joining our midweek podcast. My name is Andrew and I am your host. And if only you knew the conversations that we were just having before we started. Mm. Joining me today, we have Pastor Scott, Pastor Luke Adams, our, uh, a student ministry pastor. Luke, what is your actual role in student ministries? So my actual title would be the Westlawn Student Ministries Pastor. We have two campuses, the North and the Westlawn. So I would be Westlawn's campus pastor and then also the young adult pastor. Cool. Yeah. And Dan Marslin, North's uh, worship pastor. So I am surrounded by some great theological minds, and I feel out of place here. That's I'm kind not... for you to say that, yeah. <laughs> um, this week, we kicked off a new series called God of Miracles, and during the series, the whole church, from kids men through student men to the adults in the worship center, were all looking at the miracles of Jesus uh, leading up to Easter, and I said last week in promoing that we were looking at the miracles in the book of John, I think I missed something because <laughs> week one, we were in the <laughs> chapter of Mark four, not John. And we were looking at a miracle not recorded in John at all. <laughs> you did not miss something. The miss was that I miscommunicated. <laughs> okay. This is Scott, by the way. I, I miscommunicated how we were going to frame the series. And when I had first started shaping the series and drawing from the text, I was going to stay in John completely, exclusively. And I was going to do, I was going to start with Jesus walks on water as like, it's such a classic yeah. quintessential, like, I mean, people, that's such a, that's a common axiom. Like, what do you walk on water? Like that's even people who don't know Christ can use that as a, a framework, you know? So I was going to start there. And then I just felt drawn to the calming of the storm initially not realizing that wasn't in John. It was, it's in all the other gospels, but not yeah. John. So I just, I had to just, you know what? I, I really want to preach this. I felt really strongly drawn to preach uh, the the calming of the storm in week one. So yeah. I had to veer from what I said would be our focus on John in week one. But so you know what? I didn't, bad, I didn't even realize it on Sunday. I realized it this morning when I was oh. doing prep. I'm like, wait a second. I did. I think I said it on Sunday that, hey, we're going to, most of what we'll do is in John, but in week one, I'm going to start in, in, in Mark because I wanted to just cover this miracle. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the miracles in John, except except for the first one, one that the very first is one, not yeah. in. That's right. Uh, no, but. Uh, Scott, you and Luke, you both preached on, you know, Jesus calming yeah. the storm out of Mark 4, mm -hmm. verses 35 mm -hmm. through 41. Um, Scott Westlawn and streamed it to North, yep. and Luke, you were in Next Gen Center, and, you know, same, same um, scripture, but, yeah. you know, same your, message, own, same passage. your, own, yeah. your mm -hmm. own take on mm -hmm. it. So, uh, Scott, why don't we start with you, just kind of recap yeah. The message and looking at the story that that you were preaching on, and you know what what were the things that stood out to you when yeah. preparing? And then Luke, if there's anything that you you shared in student men that that you think was is valuable for yeah. our you know podcast listeners mm -hmm. to hear, and you know, and then we'll just kind of yeah. see where our conversation goes from there. Mm -hmm. yeah, Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, this is like you said, the God of Miracles series, and. I'll just step back from this immediate passage just for a comment. Like I'm just really believing God for us to see tangible miracles in Amen. our church. Like, you know, God is, the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So we we have every reason to expect and believe that we'll see miracles, you know? And I've, I'm just, I've, even this morning, every morning in my prayer time, I'm like, God, I really want to hear testimony of supernatural miracles in our church, in our lives, in our our congregants, that we just sense a move of God, that it's something supernatural that's that's not otherwise explainable in our natural realm. Like mm -hmm. that's what makes it supernatural outside of the natural, right? So anyway, so that's the the heart of this series is that we just kind of together as a congregation explore the some of the the classic miracles of Jesus and and believe for the same in our own lives, you know, in our own church. Um, so this week, I wanted to start with the calming of the storm because it, I think it's very broad, you know, because any kind of uh, struggle that we battle, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, relational, financial, it can be caught up as a storm, right? It can be, metaphor. the metaphor of the storm kind of relates to every area of life. So I felt like it was a really broad 
entry point mm-hmm. into this idea of the God of miracles. Uh, so we were in the Gospel of Mark, and the the story basically is that he's done. He's had a, a long day of teaching Jesus, and he he says to his disciples, "Let's go to the other side of the, the water." So they get in a boat. Other boats follow, and they cross the water. And as they're crossing the sea, um, Jesus falls asleep. He's on a pillow. This massive, this not massive, probably small, acute storm, but very tumultuous storm comes up upon them. And um, and the disciples are frantic, they're panicked, what do we do? And they're puzzled that Jesus is still asleep. So they go wake him, they shout at him, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? Uh, he wakes up, he stands up, then he speaks, he says, peace be still. Um, and the he commands the wind and the waves to stop, and they do. And, um, and the disciples then are kind of awestruck. They had already been awestruck before. This was, what did I say, the seventh miracle, the twelfth miracle? Twelfth miracle, The twelfth yeah. miracle of 37 that are recorded in the Gospels, the twelfth miracles. They've seen Jesus do mir- miraculous things before, but commanding nature was something new that they hadn't seen quite like this. And so they're just puzzled, bewildered, amazed. Uh, I think Mark says they're terrified mm-hmm. <laughs> at this. And they say these words, what manner of man is this? Mm, yeah. And even the wind and the waves obey him. And that that phrase always just like grips me, like, man, that is a powerful statement. Like they've seen him already do mir- miraculous things, but then to watch him literally speak to a storm and, and it just quiets. Mm-hmm. I, I think all of us would have had this same worshipful amazement, like, oh my word, like this is not a normal man, this is not even a prophet. Yeah, mm-hmm. This is not just a rabbi. There's something different about this teacher that yeah, we're following. As you're talking, it even just makes me think like, Jesus, so the 12th miracle, Jesus had already done 11 miracles, mm-hmm. right? But even after this miracle, they still said, who is this yes. man that even the wind and waves yeah. obey him? It makes me think that like, sometimes we put limitations on what God can do and can't do. Mm-hmm. Like we think he can do this miracle. We think he can do this uh, sort of work. And then all of a sudden we think maybe he can't do something, right? The storm comes, they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. And then he, he gets up, he calms it. And then after 11 other miracles, they say, now they say, who is yeah. this man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just the idea that like he's limitless. He's not bound by by even nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And I think, you know, Dan, I don't know if you have any comments to, to add to that real quick. Yeah, or- I think as I was what what I was thinking about as you were sharing right there, Luke, is this reality, or, or maybe not this reality, but the, here here are guys who have witnessed Jesus do other things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and they didn't consider those other things when it came to this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and just my mind was just there on, on some point of how, I guess, how human is that, right? And and how that really relates. Man, I could think about times. I can give you guys testimonies about, but I've seen God move here, here, mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. here, 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 here. And then I face a new storm and I get to it and I go, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, do That's what right. you did last time. Yeah. <laughs> so human, yeah. Do what you it's did so last. human. Yeah. I just think about this. <clears throat> Man, you know, sometimes we can read in the Gospels and we're reading these these great men of God, these mm-hmm. these disciples, these apostles, but they were human, yeah, right? yeah. and we're human. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of things, as I'm reading, the encouragement is, okay, you know what? They freaked out. I probably would have too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And God didn't dismiss him. He goes, I, you know, I, I know what, I know man's yeah. form. I know the yeah. heart of man. I know yes. what's in man. I've created man. Right. And so, so I take encouragement in that as well. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know Andrew commented on this earlier about some of the um, conversations we were having before we pressed record today. Um, <laughs> this, you know, I, I'm tempted to go into some speculative thinking right here. Um, <laughs> you know, we we were, I, and I want to rename the podcast "Wrenches and Trenches." I think that would be powerful. You know, wrenches and trenches. wrenches and trenches. That would be awesome because we talked earlier about ocean trenches, the shape of the earth. You know, and it was just it was some wacky conversation, but um. You know, this is a good space to kind of just yeah. process and talk mm-hmm. and, and think out loud about some things. Because I've often wondered, I didn't preach this on Sunday, but I've I've wondered, and I, I think this, I have to ask a question to set this up, but, you know, we know from evidence here that Jesus commands nature. Mm-hmm. It's And we would have never questioned that, even mm-hmm. if he hadn't perform this miracle, we probably, as creator God, because the Bible's very clear, John 1, Colossians 1, Jesus is creator. So if he can speak and and set the universe into existence, of course he commands it, right? Right. In -hmm. fact, Colossians, Paul says that it's by his word that it's sustained. The universe is held together by his word. So he obviously has that authority and power. Uh, My question is, does the enemy have 
authority over nature? Can Satan command nature? Hmm. Hmm. Here's why I'm asking this, because, you know, there, it's obvious that the enemy wouldn't have wanted Jesus to go to the cross, knowing that that was the way, if Satan knew, which I, I presume he did, he knew that the cross would be the, the, the payment for sin, it would have been advantageous to find a moment where he could have killed Jesus otherwise, right? And it, it, the Bible's clear that even he tried to do that when he inspired, incited, was it Herod to kill all the firstborn? Mm-hmm. In, yeah, I think you so. Know, and they fled to Egypt. Like Satan was trying to eliminate the Messiah before the Messiah eliminated sin, right? He was trying to kill Jesus various times over before Jesus would offer his life willingly as a sacrifice. So is it possible that this storm was an opportune moment to remove the Son of God while he was asleep on a pillow? I'm just throwing that out there. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting take, right? So he is the prince, right, of the air. I'm trying to think if there's an example where we see him do that in the Bible. I I can't recall one. Is there an example where Satan had authority over nature. Like we know the earth is groaning, right? In Romans 8, it says that the earth, because of the curse of sin, we see all kinds of natural catastrophes, earthquakes, tornadoes, mm-hmm. tsunamis. Those are, I believe those are all a result of the the brokenness of the creation of mm-hmm. the, the system of this world. It's no longer an Edenic uh, world, which we also talked pre, pre-podcast about. Um, you know, <laughs> so I think the earth on its own and its own brokenness and its own groaning um, from sin is we see it's imperfect, but that's a good question. Do we see anywhere where the enemy is directing nature? Because it's certainly believable that because we know from other places he wanted to eliminate Jesus. Mm. Is this another place? in, In Job, obviously there were a lot of things that happened to Job. Yes. That God permitted Satan to do to inflict, yeah, to inflict. He had, and he was the author. And of it, yeah. so, um, the fire of God, probably lightning, fell from the sky and burned up the sheep and the servants in Job one sixteen. Hmm. So, if those were it, it my very br- quick, you know, yeah. jump in of like, or is there anything? It would suggest if Satan can control any sort of you know, natural elements. Right. He can only do it through the permission of God because right. God yeah. controls, mm-hmm. you know, God controls the skies and the rain. Right. And mm-hmm. as said in Psalm 77, God controls the wind in Mark 4 and Jeremiah, upholds it and sustains the universe in Hebrews, um, has power over the clouds, over lightning, and over all hmm. nature. So, you know, if. If if Satan is allowed to, right. you know, and wouldn't that be, you know, like God to be like, yeah, sure, go see if you can sink that boat. <laughs> right. While mm-hmm. my son is sleeping, sure, mm-hmm. stir up the winds to come down, down from the mountains and create these waves and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and like what Mark accounts in front of witnesses, not just the disciples, Jesus stands up and says, "No, like, mm-hmm. let it be done." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, so I, I think that's a key thought in that Satan can only set the stage for God to display His power, God's purposes. Yeah, right for His purposes. If you think about even yeah, if we think about even when we when we ask God to move on on our behalf for certain different things, health, just different storms mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. right? Here is another opportunity for God to display just yeah. why he is God, yep. mm-hmm. right? Over and over and over. And you, I think you said earlier, you wanted the first week to be on Jesus walking on water, mm-hmm. which happens after this. Like, yeah. isn't that just another slap in the face that in, in the wind and rain and storms and the waves, yeah. Jesus, like even if the boat sinks, He's like, he doesn't need that, a right? boat. That's mm-hmm. right. Like, no. He no. he is above all all things mm-hmm. in in physical in in nature yeah and you know despite his humanity mm-hmm. and the the real realness of you know we need air to breathe like even in the case where the boat sinks yeah I, 
I'm sure Jesus is just there napping on, on uh-huh. top of the, the waves. He could have been, you know? right? We will never know. Right. <laughs> we will never know. But anyway, it's just the thought. It's just the thought. Yeah. Like, was the enemy... In, but I, it is hard to verify in Scripture if Satan has the ability or, or authority to direct nature. And if he does, it would only be through God's permission. Mm-hmm. So then it would be odd that God, though God obviously gives him permission to mm-hmm. strike his people because he's done it for millennia, right? But would God have given Satan permission? It's a, that's, a, that's a circle right there of mm-hmm. reasoning. Mm-hmm. Does, would God have given Satan permission, God the Father given Satan permission to stir up a storm with a, of what he knew would be a vain effort to kill the Son of God, only to create opportunity for the Son of God then to yeah. stand up and to demonstrate his authority over the wind of the waves, you know, yeah. as a sign, because there's there, it's there are signs of Jesus' messiahship. So, mm-hmm. circular argument there, but yeah, no, I it's <laughs> it's uh... and and I was saying earlier too. I think Jesus has a unique relationship with water. You know, I didn't take time. You, we often take time in this podcast mm-hmm. to kind of unpack some things that we didn't make time for in the message. And that was one of the things, like you think about all the different places where Jesus interacts with water, right? Obviously he was baptized in water. Right. Um, he turned, his first miracle was water to wine, right? He walks on water. He has, he commands two miraculous catches of fish in the water. And several times he says, I am living water, mm-hmm. right? So there's, there's just some things things that you you think about like that how God used these as motifs in scripture um to to illustrate who Christ was and his yeah. authority over all and even his willingness to submit to baptism you know in water was just a it's a picture there's just different things that we learn different facets of who mm-hmm. Christ is we learn by looking at those things um <clears throat> i mean i i have some things that i want to jump off on but um, Luke, um, from your message on Sunday, was there anything that you, you want to kind of share? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first I love when our church does these sermon series where everyone's like going through the same stuff, yeah, right? Yep. Cause like, I just get the picture. I pray it happens, right? Mom and dad are driving home with their kids. And then, you know, what did you talk about? Well, I talked about this. No way we did too. And just yeah. the conversations that yeah. can stir up through that, I think is really powerful. Uh, Hebrews 13, eight, we started off, uh, with that same verse, how mm-hmm. Jesus is the same yesterday, mm-hmm. today, and forever. And we're praying that our teenagers who live in such a secularized mm-hmm. society yeah. to learn that like the same Jesus that we're going to learn about doing all these miracles, he still does miracles mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, but really like we took the approach that this storm, right? It's, it's, we all go through problems in life. Like we already talked about. Um, it's a great analogy. I love how Jesus, like sometimes I'll do object lessons. I'll bring something up on the stage as an illustration I love how Jesus's object lessons are dangerous, <laughs> but he brings <laughs> the disciple. He says, yeah. I'm not just going to show you something like, let's get on this yeah. boat. Let's go in the storm. But, yeah. but yeah. So like we talked about how the storm is an analogy for, for the problems we go yeah. through in life. Mm-hmm. And something that we, we really tried to hit on is that no one is exempt from storms. We all go through issues. We all go through problems. Mm-hmm. The great news is that Christians are exempt from storms without a purpose. Mm-hmm. Right, because Romans eight twenty eight says God mm-hmm. works all things out mm-hmm. for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose. And so, we basically hit this idea that the storm is meant to strengthen us. Mm-hmm. Um, James one right it talks about how like consider it joy mm-hmm. when trials come your way. Yeah. And I know as a youth pastor, I'm with students all the time, mm-hmm. and I would say one of their biggest goals in life seems to be comfort. They're trying to get in a, like they're trying to either get good grades so they can get in a good school so they can make a lot of money so life can be comfortable, Mm -hmm. right? They're trying to make sure that everything they go through in their life is easy. In fact, I would even say for me, sometimes I get up in the morning and I'll say, God, I pray this day is, is, is a good day, help things to go well. But what if Jesus would rather us say, God, throw something at me today, (laughs) like throw a storm at me today because I'm going to consider this joy so that I can grow, right? And so that's some of the things we were talking about with youth. Um, something I wrote down in our notes is that uh, our goal should not be uh, comfort. Our goal should be the great commission, which requires discomfort. And so I had this thought, right? And then, and then I'll stop. But like, 
you said this in your sermon, mm-hmm. Pastor Scott. I, mm-hmm. I listened to it. Uh, a John Maxwell quote mm-hmm. that we go through hard things to face harder things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the disciples were on this boat. It was a hard situation, mm-hmm. but this did not compare to their Messiah being crucified, yeah. to the stonings that would take place, the persecutions that would take place, right? 11 of mm-hmm. the 12 disciples mm-hmm. were martyred for their yeah. faith. John was exiled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they went through this storm to prepare them for the next storm. Um, and it's just this idea that like everything we go through, God is using to strengthen us mm-hmm. because there's harder things ahead. And if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we've got to go through hard yeah. times. But anyway, the miracle in it, though, Jesus calms the storm. Yeah. Jesus is with us. So that's a lot of the stuff we were kind of talking about in student that ministry. for teens, they focus on comfort. That that extends to adults, too. Like, yeah, I think yeah. all adults are we, – we can be obsessed with comfort, you know, creature comforts, but comfort – Avoiding any difficulty, hardship, pain. Yeah, we want to. We all, all adults, prefer a comfortable life, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to hit on you know, Luke. You jumped into to James one there and counting it all joy. And I think if you follow that and you get into the why, right? Mm-hmm. Why testing? Why suffering? Why pain? Mm-hmm. Um, when you can get over, man, how it feels and look into the purpose of mm-hmm. why God uses this mode. There's nothing like pain. Right. Even if you if you consider a fire, like the reason why you won't put your hand in a fire and get burned is because of the pain that you feel from the heat that emanates from it. Right. You can you know what I mean? And so when you follow that James one, uh, it says that the testing of your faith mm-hmm. produces steadfastness. And mm-hmm. I love that word steadfastness. It's this image of something being fixed, right? It's unshakable. Well, if if I need to be steadfast, and then if you follow it further to be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing, well, here's a gift that our father gives us in yeah. saying, I'm going to strengthen you so, so well that when storms come, you're immovable. Yeah. Unshakable mm-hmm. to get you to the yeah. end here. Cause I have, yeah. I have a purpose. Like we, you, you mentioned, like we have a purpose and a plan for our life, but no, no, no but God has a purpose and a plan for yeah. our life. And he's a good father in saying, I'm going to get you there. Yeah. yeah. And I've got to discipline you to get you there. Right. You don't go to a trainer and hope that at the end of one year, you're in the same place. Right. You, you don't hope to be weaker or less fit. You're like, no, I've, I've hired this trainer who's mm-hmm. going to yeah. put me through some suffering, some intense workout, give me heavier weight mm-hmm. and more to do in hopes that I become stronger. Yeah. And if you walk into the gym and your goal is comfort, you're not getting, <laughs> you're, you're going to sit in that massage yeah. chair at Planet no Fitness yeah. and Absolutely. get nothing out of it. Right, and that's the the whole idea that like God's goal for our life isn't happiness; it's holiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, right? He wants us to produce character, perseverance, the fruit of the spirit. And we, it's a common joke, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to get patience, if you're praying for patience, <laughs> get ready for some situations. The common that joke is don't ask for patience. Yeah, don't ask for patience. Bring something right. into your life right. to help produce it in you. Rather <laughs> is than that your pastoral advice? There's my pastoral <laughs> advice. Yeah, don't pray for if, patience. Yeah. That'll send you some <laughs> cause to grow it in you, rather than just hand it to you. So good. Yeah. Because the fruit of the Spirit grow in us. Absolutely. They're not handed to us. They're not gifts of the Spirit. Those are fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah. There are gifts that are given to us, but the fruit is something that's that grows yeah. in us, that cultivate that God cultivates in us. But right. cultivation usually it requires some disruption of the soil, requires some other things added. Like yep. that's just a different thought there, you know. Another big topic we hit in student ministry, and I heard you hit on it too, is it's it's no secret that Generation Z is considered to be the most anxious generation, mm. oh, right? Yeah. With comparison yeah. and worry mm-hmm. and fear uh, and all these different issues. But it's incredible that in the midst of the storm, right, Jesus is sleeping on the boat. Yep, and yep. I remember when I used to read this story, I, to be honest, to be transparent, I kind of like took it the wrong way. Like, yeah, Jesus sleeps on my problems. Oh, yeah. Like I'm wow. going through issues and oh, Jesus man. is asleep. A little salty. Right. But then it, but then the mindset shift is like, would we be, would it be more weird if Jesus were sleeping on your issues or if you were panicking on right. your issues? I'd be right. worried, more worried if he was yeah. panicking. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. And if so he was the, anxious, yeah. I guess mm-hmm. the point is like, this is what I told the teenagers. You have a reason to worry if Jesus is worried. You have a reason to panic if Jesus is panicked. Here's the great news. Jesus is never worried. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. So I, I didn't preach this message <laughs> at all. But I think a really important piece for me was in the first verse. And I think it, so it's when Jesus says, and he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why that was important for me, and I, it, it, it leads into so many different avenues, mm-hmm. but I, it makes me think of, it makes me think of Abraham, mm-hmm. right? When, when the Lord says, Hey, go sacrifice Isaac. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we jump to Hebrews, it says that 
well, Abraham, con- he, he's, he's considering the promise yeah. that if, if through Isaac, I'll have all this right. offspring. Right. Well, then if I, if I wow. kill him, well, yeah. then even, yep. even God can raise him from the mm-hmm. dead because what Abraham was hanging on was to the promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was hanging wow. on yep. to the word of God. He was hanging on to what God said. So if mm-hmm. God says, let us go to the other side, what they should have been thinking was, well, he already said, mm-hmm. preach, let us yeah. go yeah. to the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the, my, my, my biggest encouragement uh, for Christians is you have an entire book that's full of promises Mm -hmm. that's full of prophecy that tells you the end from your point now so for you to suffer in the middle or Mm. for you to worry in the Mm -hmm. middle it might be an indication that you might not believe Mm -hmm. what he says about the end yeah right and so if you're leaning into well i know what he says about the end i know what he says about the end Mm -hmm. well like abraham i believe he's hanging on okay here's the promise through isaac many offspring yeah through isaac many offerings so if i end it here no offspring so the fact that he takes him up says well, I believe that either either you won't make me kill him or you'll raise him from the dead. But either yeah. way, I'm not worried here mm-hmm. because he's hanging on to the promise. And I feel like we've got an entire book, yeah. mm-hmm. right, full of promises, full of promises. We have our blessed hope, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that alone should give us the uh, encouragement, you know, life, death, like to, to live as Christ, to die as gain. Mm-hmm. I think this is why Paul can say why, because he has the promise of eternal yeah. Yeah. life in mind. For God right. so loves the world, you know, you follow that to the end. But eternal life yeah. is the end of that so whatever happens to me in life yeah. death gain suffering i could do it all it's uh paul in second corinthians he calls it what a light momentary yeah. affliction yep. for an eternal mm. weight gain of glory, glory. Yep. oh my goodness yeah. because he's considering right as a, well especially as a christian i know my end <laughs> i know yeah. my promise right and it's far greater than what i have here mm. what happens to me yeah. in the middle <laughs> A pastor in our ministry network, Paul Grable, used to say all the time, you can't scare a Christian with heaven. Mm, Come right. on. That's good. You can't, you can't you scare win. a Christian with heaven. You win. You win, right? Like So you, you add that to all of that you just said. And additionally, Jesus commanded us not to worry. He said, if, if my father in heaven clothes the lilies of the field and feeds the birds of the air, mm-hmm. then how much more you, like mm-hmm. that's a comparative statement mm-hmm. how, of how much more value are we? So it is, it's, it's, it's anathema for a believer to worry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, we all are prone to it, but we are commanded not to, and we have every reason not to, yeah. right? Every yeah. reason in, in a book full of promises to not be given to worry. And I think and that's fear. the key. Cause like, when we go through worry in hard situations, the question though is, but how? How do I not worry? I'm worried. How will this right? turn out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what you just said, Dan, and you said, Pastor Scott, like Jesus got up and didn't talk about the storm, didn't complain about the storm, didn't talk about how bad the storm was. He spoke to the storm, mm-hmm. right? And we could take the word of God, the promises of God's scripture. When we're worried, how do we not worry? Just start speaking scripture. Mm-hmm. Start praying <laughs> yeah. about everything yeah. and yes. let the peace of God guard your I'll, heart and mind. Yeah. I'll say this, I'll t- and I'll... It, it kind of ties back with water, but we, we named our son Noah, and Noah means rest. How does that connect to water? Well, here yeah. it is. <laughs> I missed well, that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, so the name Noah means rest, Okay. right? And here's this idea that here's Noah in an ark with another seven people and all these animals, uh-huh. are, and he's being carried in the middle of water, mm-hmm. resting. Mm-hmm. The biggest storm the earth would ever see. Come on. In the middle of flood that is destroying the entire world, (laughs) Mm -hmm. here's Noah and his family Mm -hmm. sealed in this ark being carried by promise. And so the ark was a promise. The ark was a covering. The ark was a seal. And how much greater that we now enter this spiritual ark of being sealed for the day of redemption, Mm -hmm. right? Through the Holy Spirit. And we're being carried along through what? Water. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus... Not only is he our example in life and death, but here he is, our example in mm-hmm. the storm. Mm-hmm. What was he doing? Asleep on a pillow? Yeah, on a pillow. Yeah, or, or yeah. Get your pillow out because you know he had. <laughs> I was going to have a pillow on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I thought about bringing a pillow with me. Yeah. Ooh, right? Just a, as an image of God's rest, of the rest that he gives us. Come on. How, in the how storm. powerful? Like, man, okay, well, here's my example. I know what I'm going to do in this. I'm going to rest. Rest in what? Yeah. I'm going to rest in the promise. Yeah, in the promises. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. ark represents Christ, right? The mm-hmm. wooden Absolutely. ark with the one the entrance, Savior. like the cross Absolutely. of Christ. Like yeah. we can mm-hmm. rest with Jesus. Come on. on the yeah. Boat. yeah. Yeah. I, I love also looking at, you know, the the aspect of like our faith. Our faith should not always be that Jesus is just saying, calm the storm. Mm-hmm. But like we can look to 
Daniel and the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego mm-hmm. and yep. and see what their faith was. On, even if hey, he doesn't. God yeah. can bring us out even of the fiery furnace, not. but even if he doesn't. I love yeah. That. But even if he doesn't, like as, as Christians, yeah. we we shouldn't we shouldn't put our faith in that all the storms are just going to go yeah. away. Mm-hmm. That sometimes even if he doesn't, that'll preach we all can, day right we there. can rest assured yeah. that that well, what what is the actual? But even if he does not, we want we you want to know, you know oh, your Majesty, King, that, that we will not, we will bow. not serve. That's right. Yeah. Your They're still gods. polite, though. Yeah. Right. They still, they still <laughs> respect his okay. King. Very polite. Oh, they still are respectful. Yeah. Very polite. I think they were still trying to butter the bread. Uh, yeah. Uh, That's we... good. Yeah. So the, and yeah, the, there's all this conversation today about like the storms of life, and I commented on Sunday like. Just a recognition that Jesus literally led them into the storm. Mm -hmm. He knew the storm was going to come, right? We can't imagine any other Mm -hmm. reality except that Jesus knew there was a storm in their pathway to the other side. He says Mm -hmm. the promises to the other side. That's right. They could have clung to that. Like, we will get to the other side, but they were fixated on the storm. But Jesus knew the storm awaited. Mm. And he knows where storms lie ahead for us too, but he is able to carry us through like the, yeah. all these symbols and images that we've talked about already, the mm-hmm. ark and, you know, he is able to carry us through. Yeah. And as long as we trust in him, right? Place our faith because faith was lacking. He said to them, why, why do you so little faith? Like yeah. faith is a part of this whole equation that we will place our trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it begs another question, right? Does, does God send storms on our life? If God mm-hmm. leads us into storms, <laughs> I guess the storm is out there, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. God leads, God led them into the storm. It's or an interesting it, take. Is, or, is there, or is it just that because we, we have to get to point B and we're at point A, and between points A and B, there lies a storm, and it's the most effective way to get to point B. Mm-hmm. So knowing that God leads us into a storm, mm-hmm. knowing how he'll get, take us through that, it's just a, it's a, I think it's a really big conversation about does, you know, the Bible, Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust, right? Like, but what's, who's the author of that? Does right. God send mm-hmm. storms on his I children? I think, I mean, I think there's history that he, he can and he mm-hmm. has, you know, we talked about Job earlier, you know, mm-hmm. that certainly was, was a storm that God allowed to fall on Job's right. life, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, 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 I think mean, you study the nation also, of Israel, the history of Israel. That I will say many yes. times over, God sent mm-hmm. difficulty onto His own people. I, I'll, I'll say for me, I actually look at it as a great source of comfort, knowing that as a child of God, Satan doesn't have a say on what happens in my life. So for mm-hmm. me, I consider all storms even from God. And I, and and to that question, I would even look at hmm. uh, the life of uh, the life of Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. You're, how many storms in that in, mm-hmm. in what Joseph's you meant life? For evil, yeah. Oh God man, right. So, yeah, and it yeah. says what you meant for evil, God meant mm-hmm. for good. There was two intentions, yours, yeah. but mm-hmm. God's mm-hmm. prevailed. Yeah. Even though He walked through storms, but I think where I find encouragement is even in my right. So, if I'm looking super narrow, real close up, I'm only going to see my problems. Mm-hmm. But if Joseph were to take a step back, well. If Joseph wasn't preserved, his brothers wouldn't be preserved. If Judah wasn't preserved, we wouldn't have Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what I'm trying to say? So mm-hmm. it was part of his life was his suffering was not it was it wasn't yeah. in vain. Yeah. It was part of God's plan. Now, the plan is so vast, but I also take yeah, that's the meta narrative <laughs> yeah. of God. I mean, is, right, yeah. uh-huh. is there a difference between God allowing a storm and God inflicting a storm? I think causing, I know? think there is in that like God's not the author of like evil pain hurt right but he uses it he allows it but then this is where my theology gets messed up and you even yeah, said this at say, the beginning because here's the other thing so like i just finished reading the book of jeremiah yeah. and many times it says god sent babylon yes. god you sent Nebuchadnezzar. the old testament so, and not and walk away yeah, thinking god yeah. doesn't send hardship difficulty evil right. on but his people. plan is is obviously not to hurt people, his plan is is to bless. Like, even in Jeremiah, right? right? I know the plans mm-hmm. I have for you. Plans to bless you, not harm you. But I do think it can hurt. Yeah, I do think it can, but not the end result. I not would the think. end result. Yeah. And I, I think, but the process. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I think we shouldn't. We're human. Again, we're human. We get caught up in pain, but it's what 
is yes. that pain mm. doing for? What's it for? What, yeah. What's it for? So mm. like, I mean, it's it's again, if we bring it back to like a gym context, when you're working out and you're trying to put on muscle and atrophy those muscles, you've got pain. You know, the soreness is coming, but you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about the result. What is this yeah. going to produce? Mm-hmm. This pain. So we never get hung up on the pain because we know the result. Yeah. And I yeah. think if we focused more on the result. Yeah. What will this pain bring? We get off of ourselves, get onto out. Okay, how can the Lord use my response in this pain mm-hmm. to then preach to? Yeah, how many others? Right. Like, wow, if you could endure that, yeah. I can endure this. Yeah, and how do you endure that with joy? And right? when you talk about authorship, the I mean, the one thing that is clear. God is not the author of confusion, mm, but I'm not sure you can cite a clear biblical reference that says he will not author. In fact, in Hebrews, is it 12 or 13, endure hardship as discipline, mm-hmm. right? So hardship is broad. I mean, look right. at Jesus. That's really broad, yeah. right? Uh, look at Jesus. But, that's, yeah, but that's the point, right? His, mm-hmm. his end goal, though, is never for someone to just be, to, you yeah, know, be, be in sorrow or destroyed, right? right? right. right. Like, like sorrow endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. Like his end goal is for people to experience salvation, relationship yeah, yeah. with him. 100%. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'd liken it to a woman giving birth. Mm, yeah. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Here, here's labor. Here's the pain of that. I mean, probably the most yep. intense pain that a woman could ever yeah. feel. And out of that right. comes this blessing. And then they don't eat. Well, I've never given birth. <laughs> <laughs> and I never will. Uh, but out of that comes this abundance of joy, this yeah. blessing. And now yeah. you don't even consider what mm-hmm. just happened. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that is one of Satan's strategies is if if I can make you afraid of the pain, mm-hmm. then I can keep you here. Or get stuck in, yeah. Just, or get if stuck I can keep in, you yeah. stuck in if that I can and keep wallow you in stuck it. stuck in here, yeah. or mm-hmm. even before it comes, if you can, if I can get you thinking, well, how much is this going to hurt? Yeah. How much is this, what is this going to do to me when I, I won't even step out, I won't even do this, I won't even do that. I think that's a strategy that he does to take our minds captive because what we know, man, it might endure for the night, mm-hmm. but joy is coming. It's this whole year so far. I've been really just contemplative on and praying about, like, do we should I ever teach on or or have a series on a theology of suffering mm. for the believer? Because I think it's such a confusing world out there when it comes to suffering. Because there are there are many camps on this the the notion of healing and suffering mm-hmm. and theology around that. Like that's it's a it's a complex conversation, but I, I think most of us lack a solid theology of suffering, that it's that suffering, could it be part of my life on this earth, that it's that God would permit it mm-hmm. <laughs> in my well, life? If we follow the example of Christ, we'll mm-hmm. definitely no, suffer, right? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So there's always a process. Or, and, and or, as you said earlier, Luke, 11 of the 12, or all 12 of them, yeah. of the disciples, who 11 of them died a martyr's death. One yeah. of them was exiled mm-hmm. and died an old, at, at an old age in exile, right? Like, so even those who were select, handpicked by Christ himself to broadcast, to initiate the broadcasting of the message of the gospel, all of them died a martyr's death, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Suffered for the gospel. So yeah. why would we expect in this world of comfort that we're immune or protected from some levels of suffering? Yeah. Right. right. So Let, a theology of suffering, I think, is lacking in the modern church. I would yeah. agree. This is how Romans 8 puts it. Uh, and if the children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, of provided Christ, yeah. mm-hmm. we suffer with him yeah. in order that we may also be yes, glorified I know. with him. I, let, me, let me retract what I just said. I think the modern American church lacks mm-hmm. a theology of suffering because Christians all over the world are being today persecuted, dragged away, stoned, killed, murdered mm-hmm. for their faith. They mm-hmm. understand suffering for Christ in our nation where we have comforts everywhere. We don't get we don't have a theology of suffering mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would, it's it's getting there. Yeah, that's why I said yet. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. getting there. It's, it's, just, there. So it's just something that I've been, my mind has really been on this year, like a theology of suffering, like really digging into God's word and and emerging with like a, a handle on how God views it, how God uses it, how we should then view it and and embrace it, you know, and not not reject it and say, well, that's not from God. Well, Consider pure joy. Go back yeah. and read the Old and I, Testaments. Just yeah. go read the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> you're going to see a lot of things that that are very clearly credited to God as the source that mm-hmm. aren't 
good. And I, I'm using air quotes right yeah, now, right? Yeah. Like you look at the Old Testament, you're like, wow, like there's some th- stuff in there that troubles my spirit. If I filter the Old Testament through my understanding of the new, right? It's just, there's a lot. It's, yeah. a, it's a big topic. And I think that's why it's important <laughs> to look, to, to try and look at God's whole purpose mm-hmm. involved, right? You must. Because like, we go through hard times, we go through suffering, we go through pain, but there there is a good result, a good plan in store in yeah. the end. And it outweighs the, the process, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, okay, so first, does anybody have a hard stop? Because it is 11 o'clock. I have an 11, 11 o'clock meeting with you, Andrew. Yes, yeah, I'm aware <laughs> of that one. <laughs> but that's all good. No, we can keep going for a few more minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, you good, Dan? Absolutely. Good, Luke, for a mm-hmm. couple more minutes? All right. So I want to look at, and we, we touched on this. This is near Jesus's beginning of his ministry. Um, and what really got me off on on this weird tangent of, of thoughts was the, was the, um, uh, in, uh, what verse was it? Where it said other boats were with them. And yeah. Scott, you, you talked about how it's right like, the beginning, that, yeah, like, yeah, the, mm-hmm. and there were other boats in it's 36. 36 yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were also other boats with them. Um, it started, started my thinking like, oh, was Mark a witness to this? Hmm. Was he on one of the other boats? Hmm. And like down the down the tangent, mm. you know, because it's, you know, it's it's well thought. Mark, you know, yeah. wrote the the gospel. The original Mark, gospel, yep. Mm-hmm. And it's well believed that in chapter fourteen, the young man in linen who who you know um, is believed to be Mark, but it's also for the time. In context, if somebody was giving a historical account that they were there, mm-hmm. they often wouldn't say, you know, and when I was there and and mm-hmm. me and me, mm-hmm. but looking at, okay, this being a miracle that set Jesus apart from the Old Testament prophets, yeah. um, speaking authority over nature and, you know, ex- exclaiming his deity was like, is that little line in there a reference that like Mark saying, Hey, I was a witness and Mm. others were a witness. Like this miracle Mm -hmm. was, was a public declaration of, of Jesus basically, Mm -hmm. you know, saying, you know, revealing himself, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Being the first like public, you know, demonstration of his, his being, God and mm-hmm. not a prophet. And it, you know, we were, we were talking beforehand about, you know, the, some of the Old Testament miracles mm-hmm. and, and Jesus' previous miracles and and looking at miracles over nature. Mm-hmm. Um and Scott, you mentioned like water and wine, but also we know that that wasn't really observed by by many. It was observed right. by the servants. Yeah, you know, the servants people saw, experienced yeah. mm-hmm. it, but you know. The mm-hmm. servants are the only ones who knew. We filled these jars with right. water. I know what like, I put in it, and yeah. I know what's coming out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, but in a very public, hey, there's there's yeah. boats. This these crowds, these mm-hmm. you know, Jesus's twelve disciples and and his other followers are mm-hmm. are just moving with him as yeah. as he's moving through the countryside, like, yep. and a storm comes upon them and it's like, no, like. This is this, this is the first sign yeah. to you. I am I am more, more than than, yep. than Elijah. Prophet. I'm more than Elisha. I am more than Moses. I mm-hmm. am. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna and we're gonna we're, we are gonna get to the Gospel of John this Sunday. We'll be in John nine where Jesus so heals a man born blind. I'll believe it when I see <laughs> um, it. And it's an incredible story. And it's right on the heels of Jesus um, not making friends in John eight. You have Jesus literally calling the religious leaders of the Jews children of the devil. <laughs> I mean, he's he's not like looking to pander. Mm-hmm. He's there to reveal himself. And then they it, it kind of culminates at this conversational point where he says at the end, uh, they he says, you know, before Abraham was, I am. And they're like, are you claiming to be older than Abraham? Yes, so I am. You're not even 50 years old. <laughs> you're not even 50 years old. You claim to have known Abraham. And he says, before Abraham was, I am. 
and they knew what he meant. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they were confused they or to stone him. cloudy because they immediately it says they, they picked up stones to, yeah, to stone him. Stones to start him. And the, then John nine happens right on the heels of that. It says he slipped away. However, Jesus did that. We don't know, um, but it says as he was going along, mm-hmm. they saw a man born blind. So it's immediately after he evades a stoning by claiming to ha- have been present when Abraham was living. He then is confronted with this theological conversation about why was this man born blind? You know, mm-hmm. so that's where we'll be this Sunday, just yeah. to mm-hmm. drop a little teaser. Yeah, and I think good. it's also cool looking at Mark five, like right after this, they they go through this storm, they get to the other side, and, and he commands legion yeah. to to yep. come out of. They're greeted with the demoniac. Yeah, that's like, right. It, to yeah. come out and go to the herd of pigs. So now they've back just the seen. Water. They've just seen. <laughs> that's seen, right. Down the bank into the yeah. water. Yep. Back to the water. They've just seen Jesus <laughs> command nature, command a storm to uh-huh. stop, and and they get out and still in this like level of yeah. It, they were terrified, and it said. Um, I mean, I don't study the Greek and Hebrew, but from what I understand, you know that. It's two different words here for to describe the the disciples' mm-hmm. fear. Yeah, like yep. Where whereas like English, we could use the same it's the same word. All, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there was there was a distinction in in their feeling after the storm. Yeah. It was right. Yeah, and I'm just gonna back up a little bit because I I I postulated a new name for this podcast: <laughs> wrenches and trenches. I got a new one. I got the swine to the brine. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. He said the swine, the pigs went down the embankment into the water. The swine to the brine. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. He's and he's I, full I, of them. I don't apologize. And I do actually. think it's, it's it's. I think there's something interesting in that in that fear there that the that the disciples are filled with after they see yeah. Jesus perform this miracle. And I think it's the same fear that we should feel when we consider uh, the weight of God, the awe of God. And mm-hmm. I think it was less of a fear like, mm. well, yeah, it was a different fear from what they felt when the <laughs> storms and things, but almost this fear of, or this weight of greatness, of awe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gravity, yep. shock, a wonder, gravity, this yep. gravity, shock, wonder, this gravity. And I and I think that's the way that we're called to to approach the Lord with that kind of thought, man. Like, I, I, I can't even bring myself to transgress or I can't bring myself to disobey. I'm this fear, mm. this weight. Yeah. I, I wrestle with this from the second I wake up till I go to bed. It consumes my thoughts. It's in my dreams. I'm constantly thinking about the Lord, you know? Mm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. In the King James, it says they feared exceedingly. Mm. Yeah, and it really what it is. It's the they in the original text. It's it's a repeat of the word phobos, which is where we get phobia, phobo, fear, and it means fear, dread, terror, or reverence. Mm. There's a lot of a lot of ideas wrapped up in that yeah. word. But when Mark writes it, he just uses the word twice: phobo, phobo. Mm. Yeah, because it it's when they repeat themselves like that in the ancient literature is to emphasize the strength of that that mm-hmm. word yeah so so cool phobos phobos yeah cool uh uh guys any final thoughts about you know the series this this first message in it uh anything we've discussed today you know we, i just we, have one thought yeah something and something if there's any teenagers listening out there um mm-hmm. i want to make sure this is clear about storms if you don't do your homework, don't pay attention in class, skip assignments and get an F, that was not some storm that just happened. You were being dumb. All right. <laughs> if, if you're having relationship issues um, and you're not following your parents' advice and godly principles and you're like, why am I having all these relationship storms? It's not like God's trying to bring a storm in your life. You are just being dumb. So anyway, I just say that to clarify because mm-hmm. a lot of teenagers will say, I'm really going through this storm. I pray God uses it, and I have to make sure they know, hey, you're just being Some dumb. of the storms are right. making, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I think I would – my last thought, and it's been said here already, but like just always keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus – um, who is with us in the storm and who has purpose in the pain, right? Mm, you know, yeah. in Hebrews it says, "Who in, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the Father." Right? Like there, there is a purpose in the pain. God has a purpose. 
we it's our job to seek him, to seek his face, to discern what he might be wanting to do. And sometimes the purpose may not be for us, but for his glory. Yeah, we don't always good. like that. Like so God's gonna allow suffering or difficulty in my life so that he can be glorified. Pretty much. Yeah. Like God can do that, right? And we should count it all joy, right? The Bible says count it all joy when we go through trials mm. of that kind, because we know that it produces not only perseverance and faith in us, but it brings glory to the Father, which is our whole purpose on earth is to glorify God. So I think for me, my last thought, this might be a little controversial. There's a there's a phrase that I don't How is like. that a last thought then? Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. gonna drop a controversy yeah, I'll just drop this bomb. There's, <laughs> there's a phrase that's pretty common and I don't like it. It's blind faith. Mm. Blind faith. I would say faith is not blind. Um, and I don't think when Jesus said to them, you have little faith, that he was also saying, I was asking you to follow me blindly or step out blindly. Mm-hmm. Or I think what he's saying is, have you not seen yeah. wh- what else I can do? And so I, th- I think my final thought, my encouragement is, I don't think Jesus is ever asking us to believe in him blindly. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I agree with that. Uh, or, or with blind faith. Mm-hmm. It's when you're in your storm, are you considering how he pulled you out of the last one? Yeah. And what does his word say? It's good. Um, and so if you don't know what his word says, you'll feel blind. Yeah. And you almost feel like you're, That's right. you're, you're, you're stamming around you're in the dark. About, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because you're in the dark. You're actually yeah. in the dark. Um, so that me, my encouragement is get really clear on his word and what it says. And then what it says about you. Uh, there are promises yeah. that you must claim if you're going to be able to weather storms well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good word. That well, wasn't controversial. Yeah. No, good. No. <laughs> yeah, that won't make the wrenches some, and trenches cut. But yeah. <laughs> some, some people might might struggle we'll with find that. It, yeah, but it might find it. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, guys, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sitting fun. down, taking time, um, having conversation. We, you know, we were a little all over the place today, but yeah, <laughs> I, it. It's fun. It's um, it fun to to dive dive deeper into God's word and doing it with others. Praise the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. If you missed Sunday's message, you can always go back and rewatch watch it, rewatch it. Um, it's available on our website at gtchurch.online, or you can uh, watch it on YouTube, or you can listen to the sermon in podcast form wherever podcasts are available. Next week, Scott, you already said we uh, mm-hmm. going to be looking at Jesus healing the man, John 9, born the blind. man that was born blind. Yeah, um, you are going to be at preaching GT North at yep. North to and celebrate a milestone for ten them. year anniversary at wow. GT North. Yes, mm-hmm. and yep, mm-hmm. and Dan Sarna is preaching here at West Lawn. Right. Yep. So, mm-hmm. um, and Dan will be joining uh, us on the podcast next week. Uh, But until then, I hope that today's conversation has had an impact on your life as we all continue to grow together in Christ. Please take care and God bless. Mm